How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Lowdown with Lucent. I am your host, Ellis ELR Ratchford. Today, we are joined by... Will Gladdy Gladall. And then today, we have our special guest, the new owner of Barrage Esports, and obviously CEO <laughs> and owner of Resolve Esports, newly entered the NLC. Feel free to introduce yourself a bit, Rai. Hi, I'm Elias Rai Pajahesfra, um, also known as Elias or Eli, um, and I'm the founder and CEO of Resolve Esports. Awesome. So, just to give a bit of a breakdown of what we're going to be doing today, you know, as we like to do on the Lowdown with Lucent. So, obviously, we brought Ryan, um, obviously been involved in esports, pretty pretty hot topic right now, I'd, I'd, I'd like to say, you know, doing doing bits in the esports scene. Don't think anyone could deny that. So, we're going to be talking a bit about Resolve, because obviously, we wouldn't have Elias on without talking about, you know, good old Resolve. We're going to be talking a bit about the takeover bit about you know league of legends because we all love league of legends in this call you know uklc bit of nlc eu masters and then yeah we'll um take it from so there we'll have a great time yeah pretty pretty sure pretty pretty good to go so if you if you want to just give us a brief introduction on who resolve are you know talk about the founding you know just feel free to say whatever you'd like <laughs> yeah sure so um Resolve is a competitive esports organization uh, based in the UK and also a global esports community. So the community was founded in about 2015, where we were just offering coaching and support to people who needed it um, for free. And that's a, a core part of what we do now as well. Um, grassroots development, that sort of stuff, primarily in League of Legends, but expanding into other games as well. And our main side when it comes to esports is uh, we have three League of Legends teams at the moment. And we will be expanding into other esports uh, in the near future. Um, we started in the UK EL back last year in Summer Split. Uh, we ended up winning and promoting to the UKLC, where we went 14 0 and then won that and went to Telia Masters, but unfortunately didn't get through. Um, and now, with the acquisition of Barrage, um, we'll be taking over their operations in the NLC and in the UKLC as well, um, which led to us giving up our UKLC and NLC, sorry, UK EL spots. Yeah. Um, for other organizations obviously to move up um and yeah so we sit in the nlc and the uklc right now for league of legends fair enough am i wrong in saying that you started in spring split of the um ukl because you had an unse unsuccessful first split right where there was the promotion issue with academy teams am no, i wrong in saying that um that is wrong uh we started in summer we did a there was a promotion tournament for the uklc um we played in the open tournament we won it we played in a closed tournament. We lost one game, and that one game was in the final against London Esports, which All meant right, we okay. had to start in the UK EL. Um, All right, okay, that makes more sense. Starting in the UKLC. Was this the first split where the the sort of proper baby steps from bottom to top came in place? Yeah, this was the first split um, that there was any sort of promotion opportunity uh, to go into the UKLC and into the NLC because we'd been around for a little while before trying to get in. But Forge of Champions was cancelled, um, and we didn't get the opportunity to uh, to try and qualify. Quite frankly, so I think the last Forge of Champions was at the end of 2019. Yeah. Oh, because um, there was a few few playing ways um, for that event. Because I know Insomnia was one. Uh, me and Ellis were involved in the the Bulldog team that was there, and um, obviously we got quite fortunate that. Um, I believe Knox took the whole event, and because Knox had a few players that were in the uh, league above or already competing, it meant that the spot head got passed down to us due to that. 
So we got quite lucky with that. But it's it's nice to see that there's there's you guys who have made the clear progression uh, from the bottom, essentially now to the top. I guess there's one more one more stop before you kind of cap yourself before you need to spend multi millions to to be able to be quote unquote at the top. Um, but it's it's nice to see that in the what two two and a half years so to speak that you've you've made them steps and you you're now doing it. Yeah, one year competitively. Um, so it will be one year in about. At the end of this month, it'll be one year. Um, it was this time last year that we were making our, our roster. Um, mm. But it's really all started in 2014, 2015. You know, yeah. when we were, you know, I've always had my, my, my mindset on starting an organization in esports to make a difference. And that's what we've been doing in the community. And then I've always wanted to have a team as well. And so, you know, it might be easy to think, you know, one year we've been doing this, but in reality, I was trying as hard as I can and we were trying as hard as we can from 2015 just to get in a position where we can do this and do it properly. Yes, fair enough. Yeah, 100% because I think, obviously, I know you like outside of necessarily what you call gaming and whatnot. So I've obviously, when getting to know you, I've been able to get a clear understanding that you, you do appreciate grassroots esports. And that's probably why I get along with you so well because I'm also very passionate. And I know Will is about, you know, working from the bottom to the top and really putting in that graft and the to be honest besides like us the only person that i know that works as hard as what we do is yourself because we've had we've had conversations about how hard you work how hard we work and whatnot so from my point of view it's it's been super impressive to see you guys just i wouldn't say it was like um a rise out of nowhere because obviously I know as well as you know the amount of work that it takes to go in that but from probably an outsider's perspective people don't really get a a good grasp on how much effort it really takes especially in League of Legends because it it's not easy to go from UKL to UKLC to NLC to EMAS that progression system isn't easy because you've got so many different teams to compete with and you know there's there's a lot of good organizations and there's a lot of good talent that uh, going around especially in the uk lc at the moment it's not necessarily like all uk talent which is a bit unfortunate at the moment but hopefully as time goes on we'll have more uk talent that will that will progress and that will rise up um maybe so we don't have to use as many imports and whatnot because i know as yes well as, speaking as well on as speaking knows. on that Alice. Yeah. What right? What are your thoughts on the the UKLC changes in terms of going to two residents rather than the three? Um, I, I do have an opinion on it. First of all, I think I just want to say on the other point. Um, I think the UKL have done a wonderful job from their inception of okay. you know providing opportunities for people to get competitive experience in the UK, and then subsequently providing a pathway for both players and organisations to move up. Um, within the ecosystem, I think it's wonderful, and I think the UK scene would be far worse without them. Um, same for the UKLC as well. You know, with the introduction of the NLC, you know, having these places there for us for the UK scene is it's really important, and I'm really grateful for that. I think um, on the LTR rules, it, it's, it kind of goes two ways, right? One is there is definitely with the regions we compete with for promotion, which is the, the Telia region, Scandinavia. There is an argument to be made that regions like Sweden and Denmark have a much deeper pool of talent um, from from the region to choose from. And so regardless of who, it, it's a much more fair league in that in that way, if that makes sense. Um, having said that, you know, it's, it's the same for the UK scene because everyone's under the same rules. But when we meet them in Telia Masters, 
it, there's an argument to be made that they have a, a much wider talent pool to choose from if a team or two teams can get you know the six best players from Denmark or from Sweden um they'll most likely be you know better than some of the talent which you're going to find in UKLC because most of the good UK players or the great UK players sorry I should say are in the NLC or in the LFL or in the LVP um or other regions um yeah. you know especially with the way the scene is and we have to be just completely honest with ourselves about this UK players the ones who are really really good don't look to stay in the UK they yeah. look to go to the NLC they look to go to other regions so I think this rule is an important one because it gives UK organizations a, a better opportunity to build competitive rosters when comparing them to the Telia teams and comparing them to the bottom NLC teams as well. Because I think when you have the NLC teams who you're going to have to fight against for promotions to the NLC, you've got teams with two residents requirement, a requirement of two residents from anywhere in Scandinavia. Mm-hmm. Even if they're a UK org or, or another org, you're not limited to one country either. And then you've got the UK who has to have three players from the UK, which there's nothing wrong with that. I think, you know, last last week we had five UK players and I think we were one of the favorites to go up, right? Um, yeah. I, I think genuinely there's nothing wrong with that if you can do it, but this makes it a lot easier for, for teams, especially those who don't have the, the resources, the infrastructure or the money to attract those players who might be looking to go elsewhere. You know, for us, we, we had to make a case to these players to say, you know, look, we're in the UKLC, we know you're not going to be here. But if we do this as a team, if we do it right, we're going to get somewhere. Yeah. You know, and we can provide this. We can provide coaching. We can provide this. We can provide that. It will be worth your time to be here compared to somewhere else. You have to be able to make that case. And quite frankly, I don't think many UK organizations are able to do that for the top players who are capable of being in the LFL, LVP, um, you know, you, uh, NLC. Even if they have the money, you know, the fact is... It, it's money doesn't do. always talk. Yeah. Exactly. So... Uh, at the end of the day, you've got to be able to build a competitive roster, which is going to do well on telly. And I think this rule is a good rule because it will allow UK teams to be more competitive. It will also, I think, enable the growth of those two UK players, if not more, because there's no requirement that says you can't have more than two UK players. Um, having players from other regions allows people to share info better as well. You know, they're going to teach the people in your team certain things you know, they're also going to learn as well it gives more opportunities to people in other regions um but i, I agree with the UKL's decision not to follow that rule because i think at a certain level you have to think about the development of talent more than you have than you think about the uh, the progression of the organization or the players within it in the ecosystem you know on the in the short term 100%. so yeah oh, um agree with that you got to look at it. I believe uh, I could be wrong. Some of the Scandinavian leagues don't have a, the UKL in place, so it is literally just one league and then the next step up. So it's like you're in a market previous where you've got what sixteen teams with three minimum of three UK players, whereas you're then in a league with what three leagues with no subsidised league taken from three three nations, so to speak, and you're kind of just limiting where we can be in terms of moving forward obviously there's going to be some stipulations where maybe yourself with an academy team in the uklc will look to still grassroots it uh, and keep to the three i know we've had conversations that come next split we might still look to keep the three because it's in our view it's better to sell that to a, a sponsor investor or we're looking to give back to the community in terms of opportunities that are making us um and that's definitely something that we've already had chats about for next season like we're that far in front um that we're even planning to hopefully i say we'll stay in the league um but obviously worst case either way we're still keeping the three for 
five. Yeah. But it's it's one of, it's one of them where um, we for one of our, our our future deals, it was a very big selling point in terms of um, putting back into grassroots, um, and it was we can't change our ways from one to the other. So if we've said we're already going to be investing to grassroots, we can't then, our oh, rules have changed. Now we're minimizing our grassroots investment. Whereas at the minute, I believe ours is at four of the five, Ellis, you can yeah. confirm um, where, we're, where we're, we're still retaining that sort of benchmark of giving back to who make us, if that, if that makes sense. That's how we look at it. Um, but I mean, it's not, it's not a bad rule. Um, it's got pros and cons, as you said, but uh, one that definitely changes the system for T. It came very late um, in terms of when it was announced, which then a lot of teams have already ticked off the box. I think there's only like three teams that are yet to announce or not announce, but yet to solid solidify their team, um, which causes problems because then you're at an uphill battle to teams that are already in that position. Um, but it's what it's one of them. It'll come every season. So as long as it retains or every league gets rid of it. it it doesn't really make too much of a difference yeah. um but yeah from from a business point of view as well i mean the way i see it is in the uk more so than europe north america china japan it is increasingly harder to get capital and to get sponsors in the uk compared to what it is in europe and many of these european teams have a lot of money you go look at prime league in like the pro division you look at prime league one and i've spoke to other org owners and they've said they found it very difficult to compete at like a european level i think more towards like csgo because a lot of the teams that are uk based are kind of in the uklc or ukel and or not even involved in league of legends but if you look towards other esports you see that the european teams are have these sponsors sponsors that we don't even know about in the uk with some of them like I've seen some people on their jerseys have these like sponsors never heard of, but they invest quite heavily into into their team. Whereas in the UK, I don't think we have that as much. I don't see as many headline sponsors or anything like that. You get the you get the few. So one that comes to mind is Barrage. I had Steel Series. It's it's a pretty big partnership. You don't see many teams in the UK have these big headline sponsors, which. I think if we was to get more and there was more investment into the UK scene, I think that we'd have a better chance. More teams challenge, yeah, challenging more, more the teams, Fnatic and the XLs. Yeah, more team definitely because it's it's it is the rare few. There's only a few teams from the UK that make it from a grassroots point of view. People either get stuck in that one little bracket for so long, or you get, for example, the XL who started six years ago in Call of Duty that are now you know. In, in the LEC and they've got the backing from Twickenham and you know all they've, they've been able to do a good job in making correct hirings to get good sponsors going forward which I'd like to see that more because I think it like trickles down if you if you've got it good going from the top you can put more time into the grassroots which I wouldn't say that for us at Lucent we've got like an endless pocket or anything like that because we don't it'd be completely unrealistic to say that but even if any org not necessarily just us um but if you can do the smaller things to try and help the grassroots scene i think it will only be better going forward in the years to come because from my point of view i just want to see a better uk scene really especially in league of legends but in also other esports as well it would be nice yeah i agree completely um i know 
Hey, Eli, you've had a bit of success in terms of some hidden sponsors that have come on uh, that you've not yet released or some things pipe worked um, and obviously uh, investment from elsewhere. What kind of set you resolve apart from other people in terms of like how how have you gone about to sell resolve and its future in terms of the five-year plan if, if you if you've done that so to speak i don't know <laughs> to be honest <laughs> um I, I don't know what sets us apart if, you know when it comes to sponsors i just know that's more because i haven't really been looking at what other people have been doing yeah we, we're kind of just doing our own thing um you know we know what we want to do you know we're very clear about it and we have a goal and the vision i think is so clear to us that it's easy for us to communicate that vision to others yeah and i think maybe that's one of the reasons why we've been pretty successful in that regard um but i can't really say you know what sets us apart because the fact is i just don't know um, fair enough i uh, we just kind of do do our thing we just work hard and we just try and focus on what we're doing and when you know if things go away they go away if they don't we keep going fair enough it's quite interesting because you're you're young you're 23 um 22 22 i'm putting years on you i apologize i apologize but um typically it's the beard (laughs) it's It's really manly actually i should have done it before coming on here typically People of a younger age get frowned upon in business. You're not a person that's in a suit. You're not the person that's walking around having corporations. So I do have to say it is very impressive what you've done at such a young age because so many people... I mean, I've been in meetings personally where because I'm not 30-plus years of age or I'm not in a suit, I've been frowned upon because I'm not this pro-businessman. But you've been able to do something quite unique where you are that young age and you've still been able to maintain success and build on the company so it is it's very admirable and i'm sure that many other organizations look to yourselves and think like how have you done it because the majority of people at this level in esports for the most part are relatively young i'd say so so um yeah just all credit to yourself for um being able to make some of the moves that you're doing and obviously moves that obviously haven't been announced yet or whatever for yourselves but I'm sure you're doing great works over there at securing a, a positive future for Resolve. Just doing my best. <laughs> yeah. Where where do you see Resolve in five years' time? What is what is your vision Ooh. for Resolve? LAC champions, that's what it is. When world, of course. <laughs> um, no, in, in five years, I just want to make sure that we're in a position where we can be sustainable. We're having a positive impact on grassroots esports in the UK. We're helping it grow. And um, we're setting a good example. You know, for us, you know, the key is, like, our name is Resolve. We want people to have the mindset that you can accomplish anything and just, you know, you've got to show that resolve, you've got to show that resilience, and no matter what comes your way, no matter what hits you, just go for it and keep going. And I think that's one of the reasons why I think we've been so successful because every single one of us just have that mindset. No matter what happens, we're going to keep going. Um, We've been faced with obstacle after obstacle, and we've just carried on, done our best, you know, not dwelled on it. And, you know, some really unfair things have happened. Some really, really unfair things have happened. But you just have to keep going. You've got to swallow it, you know, suck it up and just go. Because at the end of the day, when things happen, they happen. If there's nothing you can do about it, you just got to keep going and do what you can. And I think it's very tough to get into that position. But once you get into the habit of doing that, you're going to find success a lot easier. Um, But the other thing is understanding what success is to you. 
I think it, as a society, we have our traditional definitions of success. You know, make, have make money, lots of money, yeah. lots of money, you know, family, whatever, you know, everyone has a different definition. But I think generally in society, we, we have a few which are very generalized. I think you've yeah. got to get rid of that. I think it's very important that you identify what you would be happy with in 5, 10, 15 years, maybe 30, 40 years. You know, if, and this might sound a bit deep, if you die, are you, if you're on your deathbed, are you going to be happy with, uh, with, with what you've done? Are you going to be happy with what you've accomplished? And so um, genuinely, my own personal approach is I just do things which I think I'm going to be proud of in the future. Um, yeah. I try and have, have that mindset that I know exactly what I want. And for me, what success is for me is ensuring that, you know, the people who are in the position that I was in five, 10 years ago, have the support and the help that they need to make their dreams come true because it was really really tough for me you know I, I was a player i was dealing with a lot of mental health problems um i was struggling you know i was addicted to video games as well yeah. especially league <laughs> whether i wanted to admit it or not and um it, it's it's weird because even though you could say esports what got someone into that position it's not what got into those positions what got me into that position was me not being healthy about it and yeah. sports is what actually helped me get out of that position, you know, and learning to prioritize, learning not to make sacrifices, which aren't healthy, learning to, you know, focus on relationships, focus on my basic needs and grow on that um, was really important. And I think that's at the, those, those are the fundamentals of what Resolve stands for, you know, be strong. So you can be, be strong for yourself. So you can be strong for others yeah. um, in a way. Yeah. No, it so, totally makes sense. Yeah, so in five years, probably just as long as we're sustainable, we're able to have positive impacts. I don't really care where we are. That's awesome. Yes, yeah, speaking on the um the game and addiction bit, so to speak, it, it, do you set that aside from what esports is and what gaming is? That do you see them as two different lines? Yes and no. I think um, under certain circumstances, esports can provide a sense of accomplishment that maybe normal gaming can't. Um, it, it can also be quite difficult to realize that you know you're feeling whether you're lonely or you know you're feeling alone because you're, you're interacting with people right yeah it, of course yeah so there's a few things you know i think for me esports was an escape from yeah. the things which i didn't want to deal with which i needed to deal with um i think what esports is now is you know is that in order to have peak performance you need to address those things and so we try to encourage people to address those things they need to address because if you solve those things, not only will they be solved, but you'll be happier and you'll perform better. And then yeah. that will lead to more happiness and just creating healthy habits, healthy systems and healthy cycles, um, you know, for living. It's all about increasing your quality of life and making sure you're a positive impact on yourself and those around you. Um, and one of the biggest things I think around that was toxicity. I think when you're happier and healthier in real life, you're less toxic to people uh, in game. That's another thing which I've realized. Um, you may agree or disagree, but that's at least my own personal experience. And I think that's the experience of many others. You have a higher tolerance for frustration. Yeah, of um, course. Because you're not already frustrated. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of people load up an Xbox or a PlayStation or a League of Legends or anything. And they'll, they'll go in game and although it's an escape for that 15, 20 minutes or an hour, three hours, however long they play after school, college, work. Um, if you go in there as you said, mad or angry or whatever, you're going to not achieve what you want to achieve. Yes, you'll escape your problems for the the period of zero to however long. But at the same time, as soon as you come back out of that virtual world, so to speak, you're still dawned with the, the same problems that you had three hours ago that you've not essentially faced your fears to, to achieve or resolve, as you, without the pun, 
but it is what it is. Um, but yeah, that's this this kind of how I'd look at it as well. So I went through being a, what, a 14, 15 year old kid coming home and refusing to leave my bedroom, just sitting and playing COD, uh, trying to be that that lifestyle of when Optic was at Optic's level of being nature or scump and just sitting and playing games from nine till five. Um, and then moving into more of a, a full-time career of taking it out of gaming into just esports itself. It was very much, you're not working a nine to five. You're, you are literally working a 12 till 12 whenever you need to work to make sure um, you achieve. And a lot of people, when it's like um, you come across bad deals or you come across uh, event coverage in like America. So during Bulldog's time, we'd have American events playing there. And a lot of people question, like, why do you do it? And you, you, a lot of times I've just sat and gone to them. It's, well, it's not about me wanting to do it. It's about how bad I want to get there. So there's been times where me and Ellis have sat here at three, four in the morning still doing stuff. And it's because we want to make sure that tomorrow, even though it's the same day, tomorrow is better for us moving forward. And we're taking that next step by, by working hard. And I feel like a lot of teams now see success of resolve, see success of um, what Barrage formerly had or what XL had. And they don't understand what Kieran did for XL, where he was like, his event time wasn't sat at the bar or sat watching the team. It was, how can I optimize my content to then be ahead of the competition? How can I do something different to then make my brand tomorrow bigger and better? And a lot of teams fall into, oh, well, um, I'll do a couple of tweets and then what I'll do is I'll have a look at some teams and see like, a lot of people put bad investment into teams without researching who the teams are. And it then causes the problems of um, in the community where they're not being paid, they're not receiving the pros and cons or the, the, the liables that the org were giving um, because they've fallen into the cycle of not having the money over promising um, and giving expectations that they'd think could, they could do. And they just can't do it. And it just causes more problems for, for ourselves who are sm small in quote marks, but not small on effort of yeah. being able to go from A to B because in between that for a, a, a sponsor elsewhere, they've had breakdowns in talks because of a poor deal with a different brand that was the same size in the same market. Yeah. With yeah. A similar ethos and whatnot. But it's, it's hard to make them steps for a team and a brand um, getting... The hardest part, in my opinion, is getting them in the room. When you, Once you've sat and spoke to them, there's a difference between the communication of the two. But anyone knows that getting someone at face value is a lot harder than sending... Like, a lot of teams will sit and send an email and send... And they'll be happy with that off. Send, send scuff an email, they might get back to me. It's like, you need to be proactive and show that you want that. Um, yeah. So a few, few times, me and Ellis have been like, oh, we've sent them an email you've got two days to respond you get in a linkedin message and then and then it's like after, after like <laughs> it sounds so pestery but it, it has to be done you've you've got to show them that you want to work with them otherwise you ne they're never going to come back to you because they don't need to why why would a multi-million pound company need to turn around to someone that's got uh whatever incentive they get from dreamhack do you know what i mean it's never going to work like that and it's it's all about teams and people within them organizations and brands and companies that need to realize that it it stems from how hard you work you can't expect someone to come in and work less uh, more than you if you're not working more than them if that, that makes sense it makes sense in my head 
Yeah, with, with that, I think sponsors is definitely one thing. Um, you know, I don't have a lot of experience with that myself, but um, I think we've been in a in a fortunate position because of what we've accomplished before that it's been relatively, I guess, easier to have those conversations because we, we have, like, with our investors, for example, we have prior contact with yeah, brands. So, obviously, if they see, you know, this person's coming in, I know this person, I'm going to I'm gonna indulge this, right? Yeah. Um, but you know the, the the difficulty I think on that topic is a couple things. The first one is uh, the first example of this is when the NLC and UKLC was rebranded and reformed. Um, I, I know that there was a conversation about whether there were enough organisations to fill those spots, and you know DreamHack understandably said no. Um, yeah. There won't be, so they decided to fill it with academies. And while in hindsight, it's very obvious that that was the wrong decision. I think that with the stigma that exists in the community about certain organizations, new organizations, unproven organizations, it was probably the safer decision for them. Yeah, that brings so. me on to my second point, which is the amount of things, the amount of times that things have gone wrong in the UK scene has made it incredibly difficult for newer organizations to come in and say, hey, look, we can promise this. It's not even that much, but we can promise it and be believed, you know? Yeah. Like when we came in, we were ridiculed as, you know, uh, before this is before we had any roster or any games. You know, when we were just talking to players, we were ridiculed as this new organization over promising who won't be able to deliver. There were even words thrown around like scam org, et cetera. And by the way, this didn't just happen with Resolve. This happened with Excel as well. According to, I had a conversation with Grant. Uh, he said the same thing happened with Excel. Um, I know it's happened with multiple organizations, but when you think about there have been many stories of bad things happening, but it comes to the point where the UK scene quite rightfully are paranoid about this sort of thing, right? Yeah, 100%. So it's very difficult to get a chance and prove yourself. Obviously, we've managed to do that. I think you guys have done well with that as well. Um, but coming in, it's very hard to gain acceptance from the community and from the fans of UK League of Legends um, because you're automatically, the default perception is a negative one until you prove yourself, right? Yeah. We and... we had this problem when we took the hive spot over. So I remember having a chat with Max Ellis, mm. um, and a lot of people were like, "Oh, but they look at followers too closely. Um, oh, they're they're a scam. They don't they won't fulfil whatever promise promises and stuff like that just based on sheer following. And and all it takes is a couple of conversations from a few people in the the League of Legends community in the UK, and you either move up. 10 spaces or you move back and you're done because you're never going to be able to reach that community again because of what previously happened. So it's, it, it is a very catch 22 one. Yeah. But I think at the end of the day, if you do your thing and not worry about it too much, people will start to yeah, respect so. you if you're doing it right. You know, my, my point with that was we weren't even offering that much uh, back in the day. Um, but it was, you know, it was a good amount compared to what they used to. Yeah, and so people thought it was, you know, too good to be true. And that's something that kept happening, you know, even after the summer split. Well, you know, when we when we announced, you know, certain certain sponsorships or before, you know, it was announced, like when we told people we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that. Probably too good to be true. Probably too good to be true. I, I see you promised some stuff before and you did it, but this it's seems a little still. too good to be true. And then we went and did that. And then the next thing yeah. happened. Yeah. All right, so you've done that and you've done that. This seems a little too good to be true, but you know what? You've done everything else so far. So that's, and then slowly but surely, people are like, 
Damn okay, resolved with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, th this is happening, you know? Resolve, they don't say stuff if they, they don't do stuff. Like, if they say something, they're going to do it, you know? Yeah, 100%. And my rule has always been set expectations low and exceed them, rather than talk a big game and then not exceed them. But what people didn't realize was me setting expectations low was me setting high expectations to them. But my but actual expectations you. were much higher. Yeah. So um, it, it's, been a, it's been an interesting one for sure. Um, if I told you about the partnership that we just secured, same thing would happen again. I mean, if you want to, the, the clickbait would be amazing. <laughs> Absolutely not. No, I'm not, I'm not going to reveal it. Um, do you have a date that you want to... I do. You wanna I do have a date. I do. Oh, here we go. He's going to leak it on stream tonight anyways for anyone that wonders, but... <laughs> you know what? I might not. I'll think about it during the stream. Is this the one that you said the other day? DM me. 20, 20th of May? Yes, twenty fourth. Yes, twenty fourth. Oh, well you, you, well, you ruined it. Now we went through this on the stream. Yeah, well, twenty fourth of May. Ah. Oh. Aren't we announced the twenty fourth of May? We are announced on the twenty fourth of May. Sorry, twenty third of May. Oh, okay. <laughs> Genuinely, I, I actually forgot we moved it because um, I can't say why. We're, we're <laughs> I can't say why. We're announcing what I told you on the twenty fourth. Yeah, so we we're, we've got our what we deem as our next big step in terms of what our expectation is and how we can, because it's not always as you said about promising um, players cash. Cash will never cut it. It's it's the assets that you can provide as well, whether that's coaching, um, apparel, clothing line, different assets from different sponsors, or even if you, the, a lot of the time, uh, especially when we're in Bulldog, there was. Um, times where we worked with Tony and it was like working with a team had competed at an event and it wasn't about giving them money at that time it was about gestures and a lot of the time we'd buy them all food or they'd just come they'd just got to like championship Sunday or whatever and we'd celebrate on that Saturday night instead of going for a, a boozer it'd be let's go grab food and we'd cover food and it, it was the small things to make people feel included that they're not especially the thing I hate in league is that they're they're there for one split if they're not good enough quote unquote or you can exceed um or they don't perform they're there for one split so that's not even six months you're literally there for a period of two to two three months, months yeah. and then you shipped on and it's a really bad cycle and I know that teams like Viperio Chris is now trying to break that with uh two split deals but I just feel like there's so many pros and cons to both sides of the, the the two to three month split that signing two to three month deal well two two to three split deals at this level is so difficult it, there's no massive benefit really because i think unless like you don't know what's going to happen at this level when it comes to players yeah. especially for us in nlc we'll absolutely have to sign two split deals because the level of yeah, player of we're going to be signing are going to be the kind of player that will be of interest to lfl primarily possibly even lec yeah so of we want to make sure that halfway through the split if someone's going to come in and swoop in and try and grab those players we're going to be compensated because we don't want to lose them you know so this, is bank twice. <laughs> this is where the conversation of buyouts of buyouts will come in right yeah and of course. i think it's a very important one but i think the the teams with that sort of money are beginning to exist at this level you know i, I would consider resolve one of them we would buy out a player under the right circumstances um so. we we've had a couple conversations where uh, you know about certain players which were both uk players by the way about buyouts 
um, but we didn't end up going through with it, which was the right decision in our opinions. But not just us, you know. Fnatic and Excel will buy out players, I'm sure. Um, yeah. You've got probably a couple of other organizations in the NLC who are going to be doing that. Primarily, there's already multiple occasions of buyouts happening. Yeah. You know, LFL, it's happened. Um, LVP, it's happened. It's. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. I know in NA it happens a lot. It happens far more than in Europe, but in NA it happens a lot, even at the amateur level. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's definitely important. But at this level, I unless you're sure, you've got like a 15, 16 year old superstar, you know, who's going to be getting interest from the prime league teams, from the other teams, you know, in the LEC or the LFL, then it, it's kind of pointless to have it because you're kind of you don't know where you're going to be, right? As an organization, you don't know if you're going always to be always a gamble. Yeah, yeah, and and you don't know where the player will be, whether they'll still be good, whether there's some sort of, you know, there's the whole attitude stuff. There's the how the dynamic works. You know, are they a good fit? Um, it's it's a massive risk. You know, as someone who's been at every single level now, I, I we we never once did more than one split contracts. We yeah. have kept players. We have kept players for more than one split, but we were confident enough that. We felt that as an organization, if we were going to want to keep this player, they would stay. Mm-hmm. And that, for example, that happened with Artorius. Artorius has been on our UKR roster. He's been on our UKLC roster. Um, but there were other situations, players like Dragdar. You know, we wanted to keep Dragdar. He wanted to go NLC, which is completely fair enough because if NLC is com- coming to call, you're not going to stay in the UKLC, right? Of course not. No. Yeah. Um, Lintas and Rickley both went to ad hoc from our UKR roster. Imagine going from UK Div 3 to Prime League Pro Division. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Like, in, in Prime League Pro Division, they have to pay you minimum wage. Yeah. So Jesus. Yeah, so the, the, even the salary difference was huge. There was no... We would be out of our place to say, no, you're staying with us in the UK, LC. You know? It would be yeah, awful. Yeah, of course. But having said that, you know, Ad Hoc is the type of team that would pay for a buyout. I'm, I'm pretty sure most of the Pro Div teams would, depending on the number. Um... But yeah, like we, we weren't paying that high player salaries for the players we've got. Every single player we've ever signed, I think apart from maybe one, went onto a team with a bigger salary than next split. Yeah. If it's always good. It's, it's, it's going to happen, though. That's, that's the whole point of your, your progression that you've done over the past year and a half, is, um, is showing talent where you're paying little, little amounts or littler amounts, so to speak. Yeah, we're happy to be the stepping stone, you know? It, like if, if, yeah, go on. If um, if any org in this this ecosystem, even up to to, to yourselves now, see yourself as the last stop, then you, you're doing something wrong by the players because there's always going to be someone with more money than yourselves. It's not even about money. I think it's about the leagues as well. Higher competitive player. Money, money is important, of course, because you want to make a career out of it, right? If you're yeah. in the LEC, you're making at least sixty k a year. Yeah. You know, I think that's like five k a month. Um. But for us, you know, we're not we're not looking to pay that kind of money in this league at the moment. Even even possibly next year, we won't be paying five k a month per player. You know, um, but if we if we can train players and get them get them ready to go into those high U masters to go into that into the LEC or even the LCS or the or some other region, absolutely that would nothing would make us happier. Um, and and yeah. that's what we've been trying to do. We've been trying to develop players you know when they come to us you know they'll be in a better position than when they when they first came than when they leave no when they leave than when they first came sorry um (laughs) words are not my strong suit today um but yeah i think it's very important for every single team at this level even the lec academies 
to be developing players for a higher level. Yeah, of course. Hundred percent. There's one. There's one player that comes to mind who I genuinely think one day will reach LEC level, and that is no name. And he's very young. I know we all we all know him. Um, and I feel like he will one day. I'm, he was previously with you guys. I know that you nurture talent, and I feel like if he makes the right moves and he goes to the right places, I feel like going forward he could be at LEC level or even top EU Masters because he is that good. And I think it's our responsibility as an organization as a whole like you yourselves us whoever to really not set sour tastes in players mouths and to really put the idea forward of yeah you're a part of our family now but if i would if i was to get a player in the uklc this split and they played for us and in two splits time they just they get an offer from an lec team nothing would make me prouder nothing would make me prouder i would rather have a player now get to know them really well and set them with good fundamentals for the future whether it's good business fundamentals good even life fundamentals like showing you how you should be as a player and set them expectations for how players should be and how professional they should be whether it's how they should be on social medias they should i think players should get involved in content i feel i feel like it does it does a lot for them personally going forward because most lec teams do content like Fnatic do content, G2 do content, the lot. And if you're able to set them standards for players so they know what to expect when they get to that LEC level, they'll be set. Or even LCS or wherever. And they'll have a they'll have a better future because of it. Yeah, that's what we aim to do. We create an environment which is going to be similar to, if not even more performance focused than some of the, you know, LEC academies. And I, you know, I don't know a lot about how the LEC team operates, so I can't really compare. But we know that we do our best to make sure that the players, you know, are in the right system. You know, we could be doing it worse than LEC teams. We could be doing better than LEC teams. I don't know, and I don't really care to be honest. We're just doing the best that we can, right? And that—that's what it is at the end of the day. That's what we try and, uh, you know, communicate with our players. As long as you come in, as long as you do your best, you know, we're going to try our best to help you grow. We're going to try our best to grow ourselves, not just as a team, but as people. You know, every single day I'm working with these players, I'm growing as well. You know, all of our staff are growing. You know, we're all growing. We're all learning from each other. And it's, it's this wonderful thing. And um, I hope that we can continue to do that and we can continue to develop players who will end up at high levels. You are now kind of moving into that position where what you're able to offer players, uh, I don't know, I can't speak on last season, but into the NLC, you can now start putting players on salaries that for that three or four months are able to not work or not not oh we, not we were doing uni. that already but we're absolutely doing that this split yeah where, where, whereas uh in the ukl if people are paying and if in the nlc where, uh, in the uklc where they are paying you're you're still paying for players that are still working that are still at uni so it's you've got a oh what we have to do at the minute is factorize working our content around uh, five players that could still be working or at uni or they, they do this that and the other as well as working around the two staff or three staff members where it is uh, they're still working as well because obviously no no one wants to live off of 700 quid you know what i mean where where you can it, it's a stepping stone and it's perceived as a bonus but a lot of players and a lot of talent that we've come across and i don't know about yourself um right is they've come in they've taken the bonus they've taken whatever but it's like a lot of organisations fail to see the bonus that they need to gain from the players in terms of doing that content. It's not just about performance, 
um, and a lot of players don't perceive doing content as beneficial to them. But uh, there's a lot of case studies where it's um, Tyler one player to to a big content creator, uh, and then it's the likes of moving into your scump and formal nerd shot where post put post game post post gaming Jesus um, is your next step is content and streaming and anything like that. So it's, it's what we try to drill is we're not taking time. If you don't want to do it, fair enough. You don't have to do it. You're never going to be forced to do it. We work around you. Um, voice com videos, stuff like that. That's the easy ones where you guys only have to say yes. And you are still then involved in some form of content, but it's, it's um, our idea and our ethos to then deliver to them the importance of doing it and providing them opportunities to then develop from A to B rather than just staying A and A. Do you get what I mean? That's kind of what we look to do. Um, and I know that you guys do the same. You've got you got what you got Jonas on that, that smashes it every time, and you've got you've, your team's probably doubled in size with the with the barrage deal and whatnot. So it's it's definitely a big change from you working with two friends doing social media marketing the job lot, whereas now you are in a position where you can look to do the ser- serious business developments, whereas some orgs at your position or some orgs at our position have four people like us yeah. who do A-, A to Z in terms of what they've got to do, whereas um, a lot of teams like yourself who have now bridged that gap have several staff members where while you can sit and do the proper quote-unquote businessy stuff and that kind of is good for you, your development moving forward. Yeah, I think, you know, we, we started with that, you know, one, two, three, four people doing it, um, definitely from our bedrooms and stuff. And now we're lucky enough to have multiple full-time staff members, all of our players being, you know, esports full-time, not minimum wage full-time, but esports full-time. Um, so they don't have to work, they don't have to do any other stuff. Um, and it allows us to really put in the systems that we believe will lead to optimal growth and performance but also optimal happiness as well and that's really important to us as well um but yeah like you said you know our focus is developing and preparing players for the next level which is the lec in our eyes not even necessarily emasters it's lec um and if they're prepared for lec then they're going to be good enough to go to teams in lfl and lvp and pro pro div Um, but make no mistake for us we want to be the best of course, hundred percent. Who doesn't? <laughs> and um, yeah, so because of that, you know, maybe not this split because it was very short notice. But I mean, once our roster announcement comes out, then you're going to see what we mean. But um, we're very excited for for next split, especially to start off with just pushing for you masters, um, dethroning Excel and Fnatic, um, and <laughs> becoming the best team in Europe. That's our fight. That's what we're here to do. Well, it kind of, it kind of covers our, our predictions for the NLC. How do you feel you'll do in the UKLC? I know we've had a chat that's kind of hush hush on what what your plans are, but a lot of people know who you are, so it's not going to be, as you said, a quick turnaround and a a brand new yeah, five. Yeah. Um. So for for the NLC, as I'm as I just mentioned, um, I think this split is going to be, we're definitely going for playoffs. We're going to do the best we can. Um. But next split, obviously spring, so you know, get long the best way away. <laughs> um. But for spring, we're going to be looking to fight. To, to be one of the best teams in Europe. That's what we're looking for. And I think we're, we're going to do like the split as well. Yeah. Um, I don't know how it's going to go, because obviously with the merger, we haven't had much time to prepare at all. Um, Did you already yeah. have UKLC plans in place? Or not in place, but 
provisionally ready to go for this split that you were going to yes. have? Yes, we, we had plans. We didn't have players signed per se, but we yeah. had plans. And obviously, if we give our word to players, we're not turning our back on that. Um, so for us, it's um, it, it's very much... I mean, I'm happy with our roster for NLC. I'm extremely happy about it. Um, I, I don't think I would have done it differently. But naturally, the progression going into spring is, you know, free agency for, you know, worldwide. So LEC, NLC, all the other teams, players will be free agents. So we'll have the opportunity to sign the best in Europe if that's what we want to do. Not that we haven't done that this split. I'm not going to give away anything, but um, it's it, it's a big opportunity as well. So, um, But this split is going to be a good one for sure. I, I definitely keep an eye out on us. Um, who knows, maybe we do get E-Masters to split after all. Quite cool. You are kind of like now moving into, say, this split is a pilot in quotes because it was so short notice. Next split, you could be in a position where you rent a house for... 12 months and you are then now competing with the the boot camping of Fnatic and XL and it's it then changes into rather than being full-time esports they then players are then continued in the lifestyle of just full-time video games like that is their nine to five and that's where you you'll see your your biggest growth um so endpoint did it at one point with CS and they were they blew up with it um, and they are now where they are. So it's that that kind of expectation that uh, you guys will be having moving forward, especially come, fingers crossed, and hope to God that there is no relegation setback because obviously that would stump every bit of growth that you've done. Um, but it, it's quite cool that to, to think from your point of view and just to think from being in UK esports that this time next year you could be in a position of boot camping for the split coming up in one month time, that sort of thing. And it's it's certainly doable with what you've got going on right now. That's the goal. That's definitely the goal. Hopefully we'll be able to get there. Um, I, I think, you know, we always manage to get a wonderful group of lads um, yeah. for the team. And our staff team is amazing. It's absolutely incredible. I love them. So we're, we're one big family here and I'm super excited to be able to have offices uh, opening up and our facility as well. Um, we've had plans for that for a while. COVID has put a little setback to it, but we're continuing on with those plans and 2022 will be the year of resolve, I hope. Sounds good. I mean, I get I get to, I believe at the end of this month, get to get to view the um, the wonderful resolve offices. Those, um, are, those are the IGM offices. Resolve offices will be oh, something. Oh, ah. Well, I get to, I get to enjoy the the, um, the 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 smaller company and resolve. Then we'll call it that. <laughs> um, but no, one of the the kind of last topics, if you covered everything that we've got to cover, is um, sort of how how the deal came about that got you in this position um, of being able to now push EU Masters. Um, I, I guess if you want to cover so the barrage one, yes, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So we were going about our off season as usual, and then. Um... Jeff from Barrage approached us essentially, you know, and he asked if we'd be open to something along the lines of a merger. And um, I asked him instead of a proposal. I'll be honest, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting anything to really come out of it. But you know, the more he explained it, the more we spoke about it, the more it made sense to me. And yeah. so, you know, I spoke to the investors about it. I spoke to a few people about it, and we decided that it was the right thing to do. Um, Jeff. Uh, you know, Jeff wanted to leave Barrage in the hands of someone who he felt could honor the legacy and do well with it. Um, yeah. And I'm I'm really grateful that he he kindly came to me for that. 
and um you know the rest is history really um we're, we're here now we've merged you know we are barrage and we are resolve and but it uh, must be quite weird to be in one of them positions i know that me and ellis would struggle imagine going to someone and then writing down your expected evaluation of a brand that you've built or you've taken on and done all the work for like i could never imagine myself and i don't know about you Elias, is sitting down and go writing your number on a on a on a piece of paper to be like oh yeah i'm well we are worth this much do you get what i mean well, well, I, well I have to i have to do it every 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 so often because when we have these investment talks your organization needs evaluation yeah you know, if you're going to sell five ten fifteen percent whatever um you know get investment in you're going to need to do that you're going to need to evaluate you're going to need to have those conversations and um obviously it's important to sell you should only sell to people you trust um it's important to sell to people you trust and i think at the end of the day you need to have an idea and i think you, you can get external valuations you can get audits and that sort of stuff um you know you don't have to be the one to, to say this is a number um i'll be honest with you i've never done that um I've, I've let other people do it <laughs> because I, I i don't think to me it's priceless priceless you know i i wouldn't be able to ever sell resolve i don't think i'm ever going to um so is there esports yeah. specific evaluators because obviously there's so much knowledge that you need to have that from an outside so say football football evaluation came in like it's so difficult to not necessarily to you, you don't need to i think you need to understand the viewership you need to understand the value that you're going to bring brands you need to understand the general cash flow when it comes to deals um and costs as well but you can get all that from accounts from viewership numbers you can get all of that so i don't think there needs to be useful specific ones but there might be um, yeah, I'm of course. Sure. yeah I, I know there's definitely quite a few people with the expertise to value esports businesses um we're lucky to have someone who works for resolve who does that one of our shareholders um so you know he does our valuations and we we validate them externally so it's not something we can't say 50 million and then it's like yeah that's fine you know resolve is now worth 50 million um but yeah we, we it, it, we're very sensible in fact i think we're quite we're quite generous with our um you feel like you under evaluate yourself a little bit yeah we, we we i think we do just because we want to make it as easy as possible for people to invest if we're approaching someone so yeah um we recognize the value of the people we're bringing in outside of money it and always so drives the, that's yeah. value it always drives the deal down if you if you go to them it doesn't necessarily drive the deal down but you open the door to a lower amount because you've shown interest in them whereas if they come to you it it flips the table and you can work your value fr free or freely around what they want to speak to you about yes i i guess that's true in some ways but i think ultimately it just it depends on whether you want a deal to happen or not yeah you need to understand who you're talking to as well if you're talking to a sports team you know they've got experience with this stuff if you've got if you're talking to an individual you know then you can be a little bit more flexible i guess um yeah. towards yourself but at the end of the day what's important to me is not the money what's important to me is that we're able to do what we want to do and we're able to sustain ourselves off it and we have the expertise to do that and so that's why i've been quite I think I've been quite easy when it comes to the deals like an investment because at the end of the day, I don't really care that much about the money. G genuinely, all I care about is resolve becoming what it needs to be. Yeah. Um, I, I could probably, you know, rest easy after that. Yeah. So um, that's that's the goal. You know, I want resolve to be resolve and then I'm good. That's the one that's you have to have for success though. 
I mean, if you're constantly driven by money, then I don't. Th- I think you'll always be blinded by money. Uh, personally, I think if you. So, for example, I have goals with Lucent. I have goals of where I want Lucent to be in five years. I have a business plan in mind for five years of where I want to be, and that doesn't money doesn't come into that for me. For me, it's what what do I need to do to get there? What do I have to do? Who do I have to talk to? What do I have to be? Yeah, obviously, money's involved somewhat because with a lot of these things nowadays, you can't do it without money. But if you're if you're constantly driven by oh, I want to make this much money per year, I don't think you'll get anywhere. Which I've been involved in esports now for ten years this year, and I haven't made I haven't made barely any money. But I've never done it. I've been offered paid positions before with companies, and I've turned it down. And that's the type of it's because if I feel like I can't add something, then I'm not going to go do it. And I I'm very happy with Lucent because I feel like slowly but surely we will be able to make a difference because of the people that I know I work with. Obviously, Will, people, Brad, Jack, they're two of our other directors at Lucent. And we all have the same goal of making things better. And we don't think about, oh, how much money can we make this year? We think about, oh, what can we do to improve our brand this year? What can we do to improve our brand next year? And how can we further ourselves? So I, I definitely agree with what you're saying about not focusing on money because we all know there are some companies that take money and they just pocket it because they want to make money but we we don't do that personally i can speak i can only speak for ourselves but we such as yourselves as i know you want to but we just want to improve everything and everyone in the scene it's not necessarily about us because if we was to grow personally and no one else was to grow around us then what what does that do for us yeah we're ahead of the pack but competition is good for success in my opinion uh so if we've got other companies around us that are trying to do the same things that we are maybe not in the same way but they have the same morals and ideas of wanting to improve esports then that's good for everyone in my opinion so i feel like a lot of people fall into the oh, i'll reach out to a big company how can i uh or what what can I do for them? Whereas they, they, they'll then sit in the devil's advocate position of, oh, well, if if G2 go to them and get a big money deal, I, I can't get anything from them. And a lot of people sit on the, the negative facts of, oh, I can't get anything from them. I can't do this, I can't do that. And it's like a conversation with someone at that place will open several doors, whether it's with them, a partner company or a, a sister company. It's getting them to to be sold into you. Um, So obviously what we've got going on at the minute that we drop on the 24th is a deal that we've sat and happily sat and discussed and we've we've got that bridge to build with them. A a lot of people just expect to get to the end of the alphabet very, very quickly, whereas we're happy to to start at, at F and move to Z in a year's time instead of just jumping straight from A to Z. And that's why we we took the deal that we did at the end of this. Yeah. Um, we'll agree. agree. It's yeah. it's one of them where we 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 took a very big gamble in in just reaching out to start with. Um, and once we'd reached out, it was um, I'll, I'll be very honest. Our reach out is poor compared to me and Ellis sitting and discussing to anyone. <laughs> um, so being able to get them in a room, as I said earlier on, was the the best thing for us to do. Because once 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 you're sat in front of them. It shows 
rather than an email, it shows how much passion you've got. So you could write an email, and you could just, someone could read that and think that a cardboard box has sent it with no personality and no passion. Whereas if they're sat in a room where you ride, they'd know that you want to go from A to B very, not quickly, but in the right, very much in the right way that benefits both you, them, and anyone that's involved in between. And that's the whole purpose of anyone wanting to be involved in esports at the minute. Um, and a lot of people look at, at the big brands, and I know that a lot of people come in and uh, you see it in people's bios where it's like, I want to be part of this brand. And I, whether, I don't know why why they limit themselves to there. A, a, a lot of the time you'll speak to some content creators or some players, it's like, I'm not looking for any deals until I get to there. It's like, well, if you're only limiting yourself to them, you struggle opening doors to bigger and wider things. So someone could join us or join you and do content and that content could blow up and then that brand could have been like, oh, I should have picked them up beforehand. Um, where it's like it's like investing into any like crypto or anything. It's like, if you don't do it, take the bullet or take the bite early, you're never going to reap the, the reward following doing that. And a lot of people need to take a step back, look from a wider perspective and come in and then be like, right, these are my steps. And I understand that a lot of people will then be in a position of going through the, the stages of, false promising or you'll get from here to here it's it's like without working you're never going to get from here to here and that's what people need to, to continue to do to grow both a player player and a content creator perspective and also an organization perspective absolutely yeah i definitely agree with that um but yeah that that kind of covers everything we've got um have you got any closing anything that you want to say to anyone anyone to the resolve community anything that you want to any shout outs anything feel free the floor's all yours to have a little closing statement for anyone and everyone sure um thank you to our community for sticking by us for so long and um i hope we can make you proud in future and to all the staff at resolve you guys are awesome thank you i love you awesome. <laughs> thanks for me so yeah um that's everything and you know i say this every time but the truth is if you just set a goal and you go towards it no matter what happens just you know, you'll, you'll get there eventually right it's not about moving fast it's about just moving awesome so um sounds good obviously from us just want to thank you right thank you for joining us today on on today's show. my pleasure uh yeah also will you got anything you quickly want to say um i mean short one uh again thanks right uh look on the result twitter on the 23rd look on ours <laughs> on the 24th <laughs> uh, we know this will be coming out on the 17th on YouTube and Spotify. Um, so listen along in your car if you want to listen to us. Um, but no, I appreciate you coming on, Ryan, as always. Uh, and I'll throw it back to you, Ellis. All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the Lowdown with Leeson. Um, make sure to come and tune in next month when we have another one. I've got no guest to announce so far. But... <laughs> Hopefully we'll have a we'll have a really good guest on. Hopefully someone as good as Rai. And yeah, thanks everyone for tuning in. Have a good day. Thanks for watching the podcast or listening on Spotify. Thanks. Peace.